in your view, what's the most important technology coming up in the new year in 2023? Chat GPT based on GPT-4. We are having an app store moment. Technology that is empowering the front edge, frontline workers, industrial IoT, real world assets, etc. VR is still pretty hot. If you just look at smartphone penetration and reliable and affordable data access, like that is something that we take for granted in the US, but is rapidly rapidly changing and becoming more accessible. And I think with that, it becomes a much more connected world. I would say technology to help bridge the gap between brick and mortar shopping and e-commerce. Specifically AI and ML. The ability for non-coders to use the power of technology to solve less structured problems than they were able to solve before. Well, somebody could do something about the lines at SeaTac. Hi everybody, it's Todd Bishop from GeekWire. We are here at the GeekWire Gala, and I'm talking with folks as they come in to the event for the VIP reception and the main event here at the GeekWire Gala about their biggest challenges of the past year, the most important tech of 2023, and their biggest hope for the new year. Let's hear what they have to say. Well, I'm here with Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal, the co-hosts of the podcast Acquired, who have agreed to be my guinea pigs here at the GeekWire Gala. It's great to see both of you. Great to see you too. Happy to kick the tires here. It's wonderful to be here. Glad to be back in Seattle. All right. So I'm going to test out these questions on the two of you. We're trying to take the pulse of the Seattle and West Coast tech community here. And feel free to take your time to think. I know Ben does this, especially when you ask Ben a question. I actually admire the fact that Ben, unlike many other people in this world, stops and thinks. <laughs> is it, is it? We learn, it's a trick we learned from one of our guests on Acquired, actually, who would stop for like 10 minutes and like write out notes and like outline his answers. And we're like, that is genius. Nice. Okay. Well, maybe not 10 minutes, but here, okay, here we go. What was the biggest challenge that you overcame in the past year, either business, organizational, technological? Or if you really want to go there, personal challenge that you overcame? We delayed the Acquired Arena show almost a year from when we initially had it planned. And organizing a thousand-person event in Climate Pledge Arena in the midst of, you know, Delta to Omicron to sort of uh, trying to find the holes in, in the COVID waves, that was pretty challenging. And you overcame it by being patient, it sounds like, and, and smart and strategic. I don't know, lucky. Let's chalk it up to lucky. <laughs> we have to say a huge thank you to PitchBooks events team. Like we could not have overcome it and managed all of that without them. They were incredible. Okay, here's our next question. Most important technology of 2023. Chat GPT based on GPT-4 rather than the current GPT-3. I think it's a 3.5 is what they sort of coined it, but this... I've heard from some people who have seen GPT-4 that none of us know what's coming yet. I love this because John Cook and I were going over questions beforehand and I said, you know, I think I might ask people, do you think generative AI will have any kind of role in your business in 2023? And John goes, no one's going to answer that question. Little did he know that you two would be first to walk through the door. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think for all the hype around generative AI, it is underhyped. I think 
it is an we're having an app store moment. This is 2008, 2009. We're seeing the next wave of technology. We've been wrong lots of times, lots of false starts over the last several years. I thought it was going to be AirPods-based interactive stuff. People thought it was going to be VR, AR. People thought. Geekwire, it was did you write a GeekWire uh, op-ed about that? You did. You bet. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I feel like what we're seeing right now with ChatGPT is so mind blowing that there's a whole new frontier of people that are excited to to build things that create value for customers on this tool. Ben, it's funny you should say this because I actually went on ChatGPT today and asked, write a list of questions for a year-end GeekWire podcast at the GeekWire Gala, and the answers were. What were some of the biggest technology stories of the year? What trends do you see in the tech industry headed into the new year? What were some of the biggest surprises in the tech industry this year? And that's when they started to get into a little bit of a Mad Libs situation. The AI just sort of does little variations. But in all seriousness, you're saying that you believe this is an app store moment. Is it an internet wave moment? In other words, is it on the scale of what Amazon and others saw when they saw the internet coming? Hard to say. It's so. We were actually talking about this last night. So uh, Ben made the App Store analogy, and uh, and I was like, I remember when the App Store. Nobody knew. Like we were talking about Uber, right? Like when the App Store first launched, it was like to do list. You made it. Ben made a to do list. It's like, oh, let's you know what was used before. Let's just put it into the new paradigm. Nobody saw that. Like, hey, you can use this to order cars and like get to the GeekWire Gala. You know, like, but like we don't know yet what's gonna come. So like probably, but like a couple really forward-seeing entrepreneurs are going to have to come up with something that like, the best we could come up with is like, hey, generate some copy for, you know, websites. When you make the internet comparison, the reason that the answer is no, at least right now, is as we talked about on the GeekWire podcast, and as we talked about on Acquired with Amazon episode, the internet from 1993 to 1994 traffic grew 230,000% year over year. So, I mean, no, right now, I, I just, the, the, it was immediately useful for so many people doing so many things. ChatGPT looks promising, but it's not that yet. But you are likening it to the moment that app developers realized, hey, this iPhone thing matters. I should hitch my business to this. Absolutely. I was talking to Greg Gottesman the, the other day, and I, I, to like underscore how strongly I felt about this, I was saying there's a strong argument we should stop everything we're doing at Pioneer Square Labs and pivot the whole studio to just be about generative AI, large language models, and we're not, but like we've now reset our heads to like, okay, maybe we should. So half our projects involve this right now. In five years, someone's either going to look back on that statement by you, Ben, and say, that was brilliant, or, oh my God, can you believe that guy said that? And that's the hallmark of a bold statement, and I appreciate it for that. Well, what I say and what people look back on doesn't matter. You know, you, you got to look at the receipts. So what will matter is what companies we actually create on this, and, and that will be all that matters. All right, I'm going to let you two get to the party, but I do want to ask, biggest hope, biggest hope for 2023? My biggest hope, I feel like, the last two years have had just tons of drama in tech in the world and like but especially in tech like it's the people who you wouldn't think of would otherwise have drama like elon for all that we think of drama around him and twitter and everything now like he actually was like building companies for many years and i just hope in 2023 we can dial down the drama a little bit get back to like actually building companies making products you know like 
like simple stuff, you know? Um, I just feel like there's just way, maybe this is a symptom of the end of a bull market and entering into a bear market, but I would like to like things to just dial down the drama a little bit. A soft landing from the Fed. There you go. Good luck with that hope. <laughs> yeah. All right, now I am going to let you get to the party. I really enjoyed this. Thank you both very much. Thanks, Todd. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you, Todd. My name is Sarah Lindquist, and I am on the investment team at Fuse. Fuse is an early stage venture firm here in the Seattle area, focused on the pre-seed through Series A stages for businesses, and we're primarily focused on enterprise and B2B software and AI applications. In your view, what's the most important technology coming up in the new year in 2023? Well, I imagine a lot of answers here tonight will probably be around generative AI, which we're certainly bullish about here at Fuse, and especially with two of our portfolio companies, namely Pictory and Well Said Labs. Um, so shout out to them, excited about that. But I think areas where I'm personally really excited is technology that is empowering the front edge, be that frontline workers, industrial IoT, real world assets, et cetera. And then your biggest hope for the new year? You know, it may be a simple answer, but, um, you know, one that I'm sure many people will be feeling, but just hope for renewed optimism in the markets and just continued acceleration of the Seattle ecosystem and resilience. People keeping their heads up despite, you know, the challenges we've seen the last couple years and certainly this year in the markets that there's just optimism and energy towards moving on to what's next and all the great innovation ahead. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. After the break, we will continue our GeekWire Gala conversations with a discussion of the tech job market in 2023. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Jeff Sears, managing partner at Talent Reach. All right, Jeff. So when you think about the past year in your own business, in your own life, what was the biggest organizational or technical or business challenge that you had to overcome? And can you share a little more about how you overcame it? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting question because, you know, the year is still ongoing and I feel like I'm sort of in that turn. I would say, you know, owning and running a recruiting agency during a challenging sort of economic period, which I think it's fair to say we're, we're in the midst of, is a pretty challenging endeavor. And the way that we're kind of pushing through is transparency with our employees, trying to get out in the market and get a sense of, of trends and what's ahead, and really trying to take care of our people during a challenging period of time where a lot of companies are, are sort of holding the line and, and, and they're sort of pausing on potentially hiring some of the positions that we, we recruit for. Can you give us a sense, what kinds of things are you seeing? Obviously, it's the holidays, so it's hard to know sometimes what's seasonal and what's not. But do you have a sense for whether people will continue to be cautious going into the new year? Or are you seeing any signs of uh, more activity? What are you seeing right now? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm certainly spending a lot of time trying to solve that riddle. First and foremost, you're right. There's a lot of seasonality in the tech recruiting engine 
everything that I'm seeing and hearing is that it's going to be kind of a light Q1, but by spring, there should be some unthawing, and, and literally and figuratively. I think, you know, if you look at the month of December, which we're in, that's now the seventh month of when we started to see kind of a pullback, which was roughly around June. And so at some point, especially with go-to-market rolls, you could hold the line for so long, but you're going to have to pick up and, and start hiring salespeople again, sort of that old adage, grow or die. So I'm optimistic about what's ahead, but I do believe that it's still going to be a bit turbulent coming out of the holidays and sort of into that early spring. All right, shifting gears here. What would you say is going to be the most important technology of 2023? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, doing what we do, you, you get exposed to all sorts of interesting companies and, and uh, verticals and what have you. What I'm hearing the most about is, is a lot in sort of, you know, VR is still pretty hot. A lot of companies that we work with are still bullish on it. You know, clearly it's not going to go away anytime soon. But that would be an area that, you know, we're, we're pretty um, wrapped up in and excited about. Is it driven by the continued interest in the metaverse still? Yeah, there's still a lot of interest in that. You know, if, if, you, if you go online or hear about it, I know it may not be the most popular topic of conversation as of late, but it's not going away anytime soon. And then your biggest hope for the new year? Can we get back to Q1 or Q2? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. That was sort of crazy town. You know, I think we're going to have a bit of a reset. I think it's going to be a little bit healthier. You know, we were certainly seeing it in salaries and, you know, it was it was getting pretty uh, extravagant there. So I think a little bit of sort of coming back down to earth, but maybe more of a, a healthy go forward model. Jeff Sears from Talent Reach, thank you very much for talking with me. Pleasure. Thank you. Speaking of jobs, the next person I spoke with might soon be in the market for one. Mark Nelson, the former CEO of Salesforce's Tableau Software, was at the GeekWire Gala just a few days after announcing that he was stepping down. All right, so I'm here with Mark Nelson, the former CEO of Tableau Software. That was just some news this past week, Mark. Yep, within the last week. I am four days on the, into unemployment. <laughs> I know from talking with you casually that if I press you on where you're going next, the answer would be you don't know. Is that right? That is correct. I'm, I'm deciding whether I want another job or not. All right, so we have three questions that we're asking folks, Mark. Number one is, what's the biggest challenge that you overcame in the past year, whether it was business, organizational, technological, or anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, well, on the business front, just dealing with the world. I mean, when we started 2022, we had a lot of different vision on how this was going to go. And um, that's just been a huge challenge for every business, including Tableau, Salesforce, but I think we exit in a good place with, with hope throughout the future, but, but it's been a tough year. I mean, no matter how you look at it and just keeping the organization together, keeping the business together, all of it as the world around us changes. What would you say is gonna be the most important technology of 2023? And I realize that's kind of a bold question because it's easy to get wrong, but is there anything that's especially on your radar right now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say loosely, of course, very selfishly from Tableau data, but very specifically AI and ML, right? I mean, we're seeing 
what I think is still some hype around, you know, chatbots. But I do think this is the technology that's going to make a huge change in the year ahead, is just how people are really actually now able to use data. Again, whether that's predictive models, whether that's more old school analytics, just better modeling. There's just so much to be done. I think it's going to make a huge difference. I was debating this with my colleague John Cook and a couple of the prior guests, whether generative AI is hype or substance. Do you, do you have a feel for that? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, I mean, I think we're definitely at the top of the hype curve right now, that's for sure. And with everything, like I think it'll find its use. Is it gonna change the whole world? I kind of don't think so, but it is fascinating technology and I think it will have an impact. But right now we're at the top of the hype. And then biggest hope for the new year, personally or professionally or business-wise, what's your biggest hope? Yeah, my biggest hope for the world, I guess, is just we get to a calmer place. Like politically, we end the war in Europe, we just get to a more stable and predictable place that like a lot of the aftershocks of the pandemic really start to, to fade away and we can get back to, to normal. Thank you very much for letting me pigeonhole you, Mark. Yeah, awesome. It's always good to see you, Todd. After the break, a glimpse of what's important and what's next in consumer packaged goods, retail, and e-commerce. Hi, I'm Peter V.S. Bond. I'm the Senior Vice President of Commercial Strategy at Fetch Rewards. I'm also co-host of the CPG Guys podcast. Melissa Burdick, President and Co-Founder of PackView. Brian Gildenberg, CEO and Founder of Confluencer Commerce and also a host of the CPG Guys podcast. Andrea Lay, founder and CEO of Alum Group and co-host of the Fresh for News segment for the CPG Guys podcast. Excellent. Biggest challenge you overcame in the past year and how did you overcome it? I would say founding my own company this past year was a big challenge and I overcame it through this amazing community and network of individuals that are all standing here right now helping guide my way. We exited our company a year ago in October and so we're now part of a new company it's a very different role for me. So now it's figuring that new role out, which has been challenging, but very, very good as well. Your company, PackView, yes. which works with a variety of Amazon uh, sellers, third-party vendors, was acquired. That's right. I work for Fetch, and our primary mechanism is a consumer engagement platform with over 18 million monthly active users. The biggest challenge I had was coming in and building alternate revenue verticals and getting tech resources to develop out those capabilities. How did I overcome it? I went out and sold things and generated revenue and then dropped it on the laps of my, my IT developers and I said, okay, you have to deliver, I already sold it. I find that when you, you bring revenue to the table, it's amazing how quickly IT resources appear. I was gonna ask you how that worked out, but it sounds like it worked out okay. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's, it's proven to be a very lucrative business. After about 25 years in the corporate world, I found myself embarking out on my own, uh, moderately voluntarily, and that was pretty recent, so I'm not sure I've overcome it yet, but um, the plan to overcome it is kind of a combination of what uh, the two people before me have said, which is a combination of a, a great community to fall back on, network with, and connect with, and just a, a whole lot of hustle, a whole lot of let's let's see what people want to buy and figure out how we're going to make it, and don't overpromise, but certainly get yourself in a place where you're comfortable being uncomfortable, and then just figure out how to turn that discomfort into something that uh, something that moves moves everybody forward. 
most important technology of 2023? Yeah, I think people have been way long on VR and AR and all sorts of goofy visual stuff. It's, I mean, over the last week or two, AI has exploded, and that's that's the right thing, right? The ability for the ability for non-coders to use the power of technology to solve less structured problems than they were able to solve before in a whole host of applications, I think is going to be enormously powerful. I would say technology to help bridge the gap between brick and mortar shopping and e-commerce, because right now they're pretty distinct channels. And I think brands and retailers think of them as distinct channels, but I don't think that they have to be. If you look at- Shoppers don't. Shoppers think of it as I'm shopping at Kroger, whether I'm shopping in a physical store or doing a click and collect or having that product delivered to my home, I'm still shopping at Kroger. And as soon as companies start to understand that, they'll build solutions that cater to that hybrid shopper's needs. I think part of it has to do with a lot of the time on the retailer side, it's different teams working on those different problems. But like, why can't my shopping experience in store be bridged by technology across e-commerce? And I mean, I think at Grocery Shop, we saw some interesting things that Instacart was doing with like, I love the carrot tags technology where you can be shopping on your app, you're in the store, and then the, the aisle lights up where the product is. So you don't have to look for it, right? Where's like that anchovy paste when I need to find it. I can't what the heck is that? Why can't we find that? Yeah. But I think at the same time, you've got AI-powered stuff that's enabling you to figure out how to decode that experience. Because the only pathway between personalization or granularity and scalable opportunity is math, right? So anything that can power that math and make that work better, both from an experience point of view, but also from a commercial investment point of view, I think it's pretty key. I, of course, have a biased view because I think that my company is working on what people need to be using for the technology of the future. And what it is, is really going from reporting of what's happening to actually actioning what's happening in an automated way. And so unifying all the retail information across Amazon, Walmart, Target, all the retailer information in one place, putting all the pipes together of advertising information, sales and inventory information, doing partnerships with people to get the in-store information as well. So you have a holistic view of what's going on and then saying, hey, I want to do this action machine. You automate this thing for me. And that is really what we're building. And I think that's what the market needs is that all these disparate places where data lives, it's bringing that all together into one place and driving automated actions based on the strategies that you want to achieve. I couldn't agree more. I mean, some of the more recent surveys of brands looking into 2023 are talking about how they are planning to increase spend on data and insights, but they don't want more reports. Right? They don't want more reports. They want insights. They want action. And they want yeah. outcomes. Yeah. And I think with all of the technology that's available to us now, we've moved beyond needing to just look at reports and figure out what to do with them. It's like you can actually automate a lot of the activities that help you be successful online. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably know less about technology than anybody that's ever spoken into this microphone. <laughs> but but um, the way we always try to look at this is moving from descriptive analytics to predictive, which is great, but then ultimately to prescriptive, which is what, what actually then happens and what's the action that you need to take as an outcome of that. This is great. So I'm Laura Ruderman and I am the CEO of the Technology Alliance. Biggest challenge you overcame in the past year? 
I think for us, because so much of what the Technology Alliance does is events-driven, for us, one of the biggest challenges to overcome this year was the, will people show up in person? Will people show up online? Do you charge for online versus in person? How do you, what does it do to your revenue? What does it do to the networking and convening experience? I mean, at GeekWire, you guys probably had a lot of the same questions and I wish I could tell you that I had some brilliant pearl of wisdom as to how we overcame it but honestly it was a little bit of brute force a little bit of luck kind of go in with your gut being flexible and uh, trying not to organize for the last event because the health situation and people's comfort was ever-changing. For example, we had our big signature event, our luncheon, in May of 2022. 600 people in the ballroom at the Westin. And actually my biggest personal challenge was getting people to be quiet when it was time to start the program because the thing you heard most often was, oh my God, this is the first time I've been in an event this big in two years. And I had to remind people in fact that I could hear them. They were not on mute and to please be quiet so we could get the program started. So that might have been my biggest personal challenge was that moment. Most important technology of 2023. Really what I'm looking for is the Zoom of hybrid meetings. The thing we've been really struggling with is how do you have a truly high quality hybrid event where whether you are in the room or out of the room, for the most part makes no difference. So our public policy conference is next week. We're working on it, nothing fancy. Uh, brute force, flexibility, a little bit of luck, but that's what I, I'd be looking for. And then lastly, biggest hope for the new year. The ability for people who have different opinions to have civil conversations. On the occasion of Kirstie Alley's passing, I posted on Facebook that that was, that was one that really hit me hard and somebody else took the occasion to disparage her religion and her political views. We modeled actually a really good discussion of, look, I respect you, I respect your opinion, you respect mine, not here, this is my space. I just wanna remember the joy she brought to the world. So that's my big hope is that we can remember how to disagree civilly and honestly, move forward and come up with something better out of those civil disagreements. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. All right, I am here with Matt Oppenheimer, the CEO of Remitly. Matt, it's great to see you. Great to see you, Todd. All right, Matt, we are asking three questions of everybody we talk to here at the GeekWire Gala. First off, what's the biggest business or organizational or technological challenge that you overcame in the past year either personally, business-wise. What comes to mind when you think about 2022 and, and facing the kinds of challenges here? Leading and managing through just a lot of like change in the world, right? Um, whether it's rising interest rates in the economy, whether it's remote work and hybrid work, there's a whole long list of things that are changing in the world. And I think that probably the biggest challenge is helping like lead and manage the team in a way that gives them some stability in like a incredibly fast changing world. 
as a leader, are there particular characteristics that you think about in yourself that you want to emphasize through times like this? Yeah, great question. I think um, Ramili has, has a list of values, but one of the things that I think is, one of our values is lead authentically, and I think that that is incredibly important during times of change because I think it builds trust, it builds credibility with the team. So I think being oneself, being authentic, being really intentional about just uh, how to give the right context and what's going on in the world. So yeah, lead, leading authentically right now is what I'd say. Most important technology of 2023. Ooh, interesting. Most important technology innovation. I mean, I think that the world is increasingly, it's easy to forget this in the US, it's becoming increasingly digitized, it's becoming increasingly like, if you look at a lot of emerging markets, if you just look at smartphone penetration and reliable and affordable data access, like that is something that we take for granted in the US, but is rapidly, rapidly changing and becoming more accessible. And I think with that, it becomes a much more connected world and it creates opportunities, obviously, for, for Remitly to accomplish our vision. But in general, I just think it increases access in emerging markets in a whole host of ways. So I think that's the biggest innovation overall. Put you on the spot here. For folks who don't know Remitly, I obviously think of you as a digital money transfer company. Am, am I right in that phrase? Or, or give me more nuance on what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Remitly is, uh, we provide uh, financial services to immigrants. So our vision's really to improve our customers, immigrants' lives, and their families by providing the most trusted financial services on the planet. Most of what we do is remittances, but we're excited about continuing to disrupt that industry and add a wide range of financial services to our customers over time. And then the last one, biggest hope for the new year. If you could have anything happen in the new year, what, what would it be? The biggest hope for the new year and next year, I think, is a deeper understanding of those that are different than ourselves, whether that's politically different, whether that is, um, I think about our customers and the immigrant journey that not everybody understands and really deeply understanding that. I think there's a lot of divisiveness, there's a lot of siloing that was accelerated via COVID and the isolation. I hope that we can fight some of those macro forces and understand difference and understand different perspectives and talk about some of the like problems that exist in the world, but talk about the problems and try to disjoin it from the people and the divisiveness that exists in the world at times. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who took the time to share their insights with me at the GeekWire Gala this year. See more details and links in the show notes on this episode and in the related post at geekwire.com. What do you think the most important technology of 2023 will be? Send an email message or a voice memo to podcast at geekwire.com to be considered for inclusion in a future GeekWire episode and post. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.